All right, we're on. Jason Koontz, welcome back to the Sammy Hour. Thank you, sir. How are we doing? Good, dude. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm, I'm busy. See, in summer, people are like, I want to relax. I want to go to the beach. I want to I wanna chill and do things with my friends. And there's no problem with that. But, dude, in summer, I'm busy. I'm working. I'm working five days a week. Uh, I'm podcasting. I'm working out five days a week as well. I'm doing some cardio. I'm reading, too. I'm journaling. I've been adding some new things. So I'm busy. I'm busy, but I need to stay busy. Because if I don't, I, I'm, I'm everywhere. Yeah. I'm all over the place. Because <laughs> yeah, I believe I have I don't know. I mean, I think I have ADHD. I have many of the symptoms. I've never, my mom never wanted to test me when I was younger. I've said that before. And I think it's good she didn't because I found a way to maneuver and. and um, I'm in frame, yeah. No, you're in frame. Uh, to maneuver and understand myself and what outlets I needed to take. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, um, we're backwards there. I was diagnosed with ADD. Oh, you I was were? given Ritalin, yeah. And how was that? How does I've, I've heard different things about Ritalin. My uncle was given Ritalin, and that led to <laughs> it led an to interesting childhood. Same. Yeah. Um, well, uh, it's basically methamphetamine. Ritalin is, is what it is. Yeah, I've heard. Yeah. So it's basically like <laughs> a little kid doesn't even be taking the methamphetamine. So, but these did, doctors and psychiatrists they just write it out willingly, like they don't. Because I, I met a guy uh, back in college, and we had a conversation almost two months ago. And he was telling me how he had, uh, I think he had, it was either ADD or ADHD, one of the two. And he was saying how he just went in to the doctor and uh, the doctor barely screened him. They barely asked him questions and they just wrote him a prescription for Ritalin. That was roughly the same. Yeah. Um, they said some tests in school, basically I couldn't read well. Uh, I had the same thing they told me. I think it was reading. It would have nothing to do with my focus. I didn't, I still don't like being told what to do by this. <laughs> anybody so i think it was like school it'd be somebody telling me like i have to i have to learn what they're teaching me but they're mm -hmm. teaching me stuff i don't even care about no i <laughs> like so i wasn't even interested so then i think that led to them trying to pretend i had add which i don't i don't think the doctors are doing it intentionally to uh oh i don't think anybody's doing it intentionally to like give people methamphetamine that way yeah but i think that the doctors are taught to give that out for that style of symptom instead of looking f deeper into the symptoms and problems to right, see when that symptom could be of something else. Like you've I been see. having sugar. Like I think what my, my biggest problem was I hated listening to people. So teachers <laughs> still do. annoy me. I still, <laughs> still have a problem with that. Uh, I just learned to keep my mouth quiet a little yeah. better now. Um, but like I think the big problem was like I would wake up, mm -hmm. I'm super uh, uh, like energetic, energetic yeah. but even as a, like as a kid, I didn't, wasn't really like, I was kind of lazy, but I still had that up and go sense. Uh -huh. And, um, like I felt like I'd go listen to somebody I didn't want to listen to. But right before that I would be get milk and cereal, which is just sugar on sugar, on sugar. So sugar to a child's brain. If you look at them under x-ray, um, sugar does roughly the same thing as cocaine does to an adult's brain. Are you serious? Yeah, so oh there's Lord. a lot of up, jitter, 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 I need more, I need more, I need more, and then mm -hmm. crash down. So I think I would have a long-term run, mm -hmm. like in the morning, two hours real good. By the time I get to school, yeah. a teacher starts talking for 20 minutes, yeah, and then I'm crashed out. And then, and, yeah. So how am I going to focus in class and then learn to read more when I need extra reading time when I'm burnt out with the food I eat? I think so, yeah, so now you're already like, man, school sucks. I hate school because now you have all these different factors put into consideration. Yeah. I talked about this on an episode uh, with Steve Chai. Uh, I don't know if you, I don't think you know him, but we talked about education in America 
we didn't mainly focus on like different behaviors that people exhibit that causes them to not like school. We mm -hmm. talk about the education itself is broken. But anyway, take it uh, an education system that I, I'm just gonna be honest. I feel that could be fixed. You could have many different improvements within our education system. On top of people like a lot of kids like you, like yourself, and how I was when I was younger, where it's hard for us to focus and stay down. We're like we're put into an environment with a bunch of different kids, and we're forced to learn things that maybe necessarily we don't really want to know. Now it's going to learn the alphabet. It's going to learn your basic adding and subtraction, multiplication, division when you're young. But I feel like it could be exhibited differently. When you go to school and you learn goofy stuff like, like they go into like Hitler and then trying to say that Hitler shot himself, then that's not even <laughs> true stuff. So they're like explaining fake things to you. Yeah. They don't even know what happened to Hitler. Yeah. Like they, so you're the one you believe that he escaped. That what. The their main thing is that he shot himself, so they had a skull of Hitler's mm -hmm. skull. Mm -hmm. They carbon dated that skull in like 2016. <laughs> that skull was a woman's skull. I know, I heard about that on Joe Rogan experience. Yeah. So, so, so and, and, and even things like, I remember, uh, specifically with history, you know, it, 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 was, it was not very detailed history. It was more like, this is what happened. It was factual. You didn't really get into like the absolute like politics and, ide and ideolo ideologies of America itself. But I remember I got into high school and I started because, okay, so you, I mean, when you, when in fourth, fifth grade, you take, I think it's like American history or whatever. And then I took uh, AP history when I was a junior and then you, all of these things are being exposed to you. I'm like, what the heck? Well, I mean, it's interesting. Like, why not save all that? You know what I mean? Till like high school. Yeah, yeah. And so you had to like kind of like space it out when you were in fourth and fifth grade. You know what I mean? You're not getting that whole. When did, I don't even remember what I learned in third Me and neither. fourth grade. I couldn't tell you. Especially I remember my teacher, but I, I couldn't tell you like. Like, I, what subjects, I, you know what I mean? Like, I had yeah. English and whatnot, but I don't really remember it that well. Yeah, I don't think that's even... A, is that even a time to really learn history? Are they really teaching thing. us real history? That's an interesting... That's where I was going now. That's why... Are you, are you, are you, are you kind of, like, giving us a little bit of it? Like are you manipulating somebody into believing the history you want us to believe? That's interesting. Yeah, that's so, a, that's Because why else would you teach a child history? They're not... I don't remember history from fourth grade. Mm -hmm. It just prepared me for learning about goofy stuff like Hitler shot himself. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so and, and I'm sure other things too, but Well yeah, that's I'm going with that as my yeah, no. <laughs> no, I got you. explanation. So I take it that you didn't really like school that much. No. How was it in high school when you became becoming a man and you know, you're changing as a as a person anatomically and hormonally, you know? <laughs> no. no. Now I'm starting to see a lot of the the Ritalin ended up leading into drug problems. Okay, I, I was going to ask you but I was trying to like, you know, I didn't just want to get to like, did you, did you make it kind of try went, drugs? You know what I mean? It did kind of fall in that route. Like I realized that what I was taking was close to methamphetamine. So like, as I got older, I'm like, well, is weed really that bad? Which I never really thought that, that was in the first place. Mm -hmm. And then, um, I, I started getting drugs a little bit, but then my grandma got sick. My grandma got sick with cancer. And then uh, I kind of watched her pass slowly because she didn't want treatment. She yeah. wanted to go with, I want whatever God wants is what she wanted to go with. So we, obviously you honor that. It's her life. It's no one else's. Mm -hmm. So she didn't get chemo. I watched her drop like a, like a hundred pounds in like a couple months. How old I would like say six months. I was 17. Mm. And um, when she, she passed away, um, at her funeral, her brother was up giving a speech. And he had a heart attack and died. Oh my god! While giving um, the speech at his sister's funeral. So you witnessed two deaths. Yes. So with that, I think that kind of pushed me deep into drug abuse. Um, you, we had a conversation that you, you, 
a big reason why people use drugs is because they're trying to cover up some trauma. And that was and that was your trauma. There's a lot of other reasons. Um, I don't. I'll never bash my dad intentionally and just say that he's a piece of crap. We have our problems and we still do right now. Um, but he worked a lot then. Like yeah. you're a man trying to figure out man emotions and yeah. you don't, obviously I've had trauma going on, but he worked, I think at that time, a month on a month off in okay. another country. I believe he was in Oman, which is by Iraq. At that was time. it with oil? Oil. oil. Films, yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. So, uh, yeah, it wasn't like, he wasn't in war or nothing like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I got you. Um, but still you're. I'm a 17-year-old boy with a lot of questions and a lot of confusion on who I am. Yeah, that lack of of authority. Um, Not authority. There was just a lack of guidance. There was a... My dad liked to call me lazy all the time, and I don't think I was lazy. I think I was mimicking his laziness. Mm. So with with that being said, and I don't mean laziness as in physical labor. I mean, my dad goes to work, comes home, sits on the couch, and watches TV. That's lazy to me. Mm -hmm. I think unlazy people come home, hang out with their children spend time with their wife. Um, it takes a, it's easy to get up and go to work. Yeah. I, I saw through my dad that it wasn't about coming home to us. It was about, I made money so I get to relax. Mm. And I disagree with that. So I was mimicking what I saw him do. So, like, so per se, you would come home from school and just kick Ignore it. everybody just and chill. go do just what I wanted to do, which, <laughs> which I, I, at that time, I, obviously I'm a kid, but now as a man, I see why I found my laziness there. Mm-hmm. Like I was told, like if I would go outside when I was younger, not teen years, when I was younger to help my daddy, he would call me lazy, but it would be not because I was being lazy. It's just confusion on, I don't know what we're doing. I'm a little kid. And then I'd get yelled at, you're lazy. And then what do you, you don't want to help? You're lazy. You yeah. Know what I mean? like, so, you're trying to understand the concept. Yeah. So I got you. It's an interesting thing. And but then again, my dad loved me. I don't want to sit yeah. here and we have our pride. We don't talk right now. How's your, oh, I was going to ask how your relationship. We don't talk kid. right now. I set up a, a boundary and um, it was basically, we don't get along. We get an argument. So I said, uh, you go to therapy, I'll go to therapy. Then we'll meet and go to therapy and kind of figure out our problems yeah. together. Because obviously there's misunderstanding on my end for sure. Yeah. I don't understand him. I don't understand how he responds. I don't understand mm-hmm. how he speaks. So I don't respond well. I don't want to speak well to him. And I know it's also vice versa, because why would we not be able to have a conversation without arguing? Right. Like, no matter the conversation, within 30 minutes, we're in an argument. Right. <laughs> no matter what. I understand. And it's always been that way. Yeah, so I set a boundary and said, if you don't go, then you don't get uh, an opportunity to mm. be a part of me. Mm. Which, because uh, it was a waste of my time and energy to sit there and, like, even now, I still waste time and energy. Like, I hope my dad kind of texts me and fixes that, but I also know that that's not happening, mm. maybe not yet. But, um, and he didn't take, he didn't take my offer on getting help together. So, uh, mm. yeah, like I said, I basically offered that like, Hey, we can go and, uh, have a third party that doesn't know us at all. Unbiasedly sit there and tell us where we have our own individual problems. I have my own again. Mm-hmm. I know when we communicate, I do not understand yeah. him. I do not understand him at yeah. all. And I can't learn to understand him by him teaching me. Mm-hmm. Right. I need somebody else that's unbiasedly telling me like this is where you're failing on yeah. your communication and on how you respond to him. You need a third party is what you're saying. Yes. Can yeah. kind of mitigate that process. Yeah, exactly. I understand. And he'll try to use pretend like my mom being there is good enough. And I disagree <laughs> with that because again it goes right into an argument. What's my yeah. mom gonna do? <laughs> yeah. I know. You know? Like I've been so, dealing with this. <laughs> again, I, I do have peace in my heart about that. Obviously, it's disappointing sometimes. Yeah. But it was a. 
there's a good boundary for me to set because I know that my time and energy is not needed to be wasted with anything negative. And how did that relationship with your dad, like how did that affect you with uh, um, when you got older in life and, and with friends and, and, and girlfriends? Like how did that, like that's, you know. To be honest, most, he's not really involved. Like uh-huh. he was never. I know how did that affect you with relationships overall? Relationship, like how did you review um, having a kind of a rocky absolutely kind of uh, distant relationship with your dad how did that affect other relationships within not, your life the closer i was with him the more it would affect it negatively uh, with my relationships because mm-hmm. i would almost try to mimic again i don't want to talk crazy crap on him but like when i was younger he'd yell at my mom mm-hmm. so again as an adult you're coding what you saw so in my like older the relationships product of your environment yeah so what you see and grow up with you're like that must be natural. Exactly. You know what I mean? That's how a man responds yeah. to a situation he doesn't know how to handle. You're he adapting. yells yeah. and breaks things. And my dad would never beat me crazy or anything. Like, yeah. we got spankings. We were normal yeah. kids. But I do think there was a slight abuse with the way things were worded. There was definitely abuse with breaking things in the house, scream fighting. Yeah. Like, that's abuse. Whether that's to me or my mother, I don't think they do that anymore. I don't see yeah. my mom and dad do that. My dad was a, obviously, when, the age I'm talking about, my dad was in his t- later 20s, which a lot of us are um, insecure That's at that a, age. How old are you? Are you 28? I'm 30. Oh, you're 30? 30. 30. Oh, I'm wow. 31 in September. Okay. Yeah. So with with that, again, I responded with a lot of my relationships with that. Uh-huh. So if I lost control on a situation, there'd be anger, breaking things, yelling things. Yeah. I never It'd abused, be a wild animal. I never abused or hit anybody. Um, so I don't want that to be said, but yeah. I have broken things. Like you dealt with your the Johnny Depp thing was all over. Yeah. I definitely acted like Johnny Depp in scenarios. <laughs> right? Yeah, breaking cupboards and poured and stuff, me a yeah. mega pint and, <laughs> and got crazy. So, what a crazy! What a, that was a crazy uh, a trial. Yeah. I was, it was too. It was too much. It was. Too, it, it, it was. It was covered too much. I mean, this is just me speaking. I was like, wow. I'm, I'm tired of hearing about this, and I don't. It, I don't. I mean. I'm just going to say, I mean, I, they're both crazy. They both have their problems. <laughs> yes, yes. But I think the outcome was, was the right outcome. I agree. But you ask yourself, is there really any, can you find right, like uprightness and moralness within like, is, is there really like objective moralness and, or excuse me, morality and uprightness like in a situation like that where you have like two crazy people, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a, it's an interesting thing is what it is. Cause you have two crazy actors, you have two rich people who have, who have drug issues and now they're freaking out and they don't know how to get along and now it's turning into abuse. So you know what I mean? Like, is there really a, a right answer to how it is? No, I, they needed to strongly part each other away. It's an interesting relationship. I mean, Which they will now. That, yeah, they will now, I'm sure. Well, she said she still loves him. <laughs> but yeah, she's also crazy. <laughs> no, you see my point. It's like... But again, so is Johnny. Johnny's over there. I, again, I, I'm definitely on the side of Johnny Depp. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, me too. Me too. Don't get me wrong. But, but I, I've been in uh poisonous relationships similar so really i've acted that way i've seen when you're in a poisonous relationship like that it just keeps getting more poisonous it doesn't get any smoother mm. and you think it will like every it single doesn't. time you yeah. feel like you'll get immune but the poison just becomes stronger and stronger yeah, it's what more poison flows your blood yeah. instead of blood and you, yeah you, so you need it you know? See, I've, I've, I've done good with not getting into to too many poisonous or bad relationships like I'll spot one of the, mm, I don't know if I want to. I think you got a good guidance by your parents. I, I yeah, I would say so. I, my parents really helped me out a lot when I was younger with relationships and seeking to and, and what I mean because relationships they are they are a big thing. They can really make or break you. 
You know what I mean? Like you can you can be in a relationship where it's just and this goes for I mean if you're dating someone or if you're just friends with someone, it can really strain you out and make you tired. Or it can really build you up and and and, and revitalize you. You have this sense of like, all right, let me let, let's do something. Yeah. Let me try something new because you because because what what's happening is you're being influenced. You know what I'm saying? Definitely. That's why I mean because I mean with my parents, I always stress like, you know, friends are a big deal. And even as I got older, I mean, I'm not that I'm only 19. I, I make it sound like I'm like 35. Like <laughs> as I got older, but uh, no, when I when I was around 17, I had a lot of time to just reflect and look back on everyone who really played a, a role in my life, you know, even that, that be friends, that be acquaintances, because what happened was, is, you know, I was, you, uh, just like the rest of the world, you were stripped from that social part with being quarantined and, and, and you're at your house or, or you're wherever you were, you're quarantined. And I was just, I was like, wow, huh? They're not really friends. They're kind of selfish or like, I don't know if I want to be friends with them. So anyway, what I'm saying is it kind of made me more picky with who I became friends with and who I hung out with. And I think that helped me out a lot as I went to college because you're around so, so many different people from so many different backgrounds. And the thing, when you're in, a, in an environment, when you're in an institution or wherever you're at, where there's a lot of people, you're going to have a lot of different influences around and a lot of different yes. intentions around. Yes. People are going to have their intentions and sometimes they're going to, they're ne- the intentions that aren't going to be good for you. They're, they're going to neglect you, but sometimes you get wrapped into that because it's like, oh. They're friends. We're, we're chilling. We're kicking it. They're mutual friends. Yeah. And then before, I mean, I, I'm all about like, you know, it's good to like be told what to do and what not to. But I, I'm more of an advocate where it's good to mess up because you don't truly, this is, and this is just for me, everyone learns differently, differently is you don't really truly learn until you really make that mistake and mess up. Yeah. You, you know don't what I mean? really listen. Yeah. There's, yeah. A, there's a saying, I forget by who, but it says... Fathers just know that your sons aren't going to do what you say. They're going to do <laughs> what you do. Like, mm-hmm. they're going to copy that. And I think it's right. You don't really... Mm-hmm. Like, if your dad's... Especially, definitely me. If my dad was to say, don't do this, but I saw him doing it. But don't you think it's all... Ch- a choice plays a big factor, too? People, because... Because, I mean, we have to... We have to friends, pr- yes. Uh, your parents, no. Depending on your age. Because, interesting. Because you have a choice, but you're also... Your brain's not developed till you're 25. Right. So, and that being said, your brain process can be slowed down by drinking alcohol. Yeah. So some people my age, brain function's not that good because they haven't stopped drinking alcohol for at least 60 months, six months to a year, which I think you should, for brain development as a young adult. And um, I lost my train of thought. No, what I'm going back at is like, I feel like what whatever you witness and whatever you experience in this life, you have you have the you have the choice to either follow what you saw and be like, oh, this occurred to me. This is what I witnessed. I think I'm gonna follow that because I mean that's that's what I know. Yeah. Or you can kind of do a little outside of the box thinking and be like, I don't like necessarily what I experienced and what I saw. Let me try something different. Do you think I that also? You think that also works? When absolutely. It, okay. I think my direction was I like learning the hard way. Yeah. So mine was the opposite. It took me a long time. I thought, like, my, my dad was ge- leading me down a, a good path, which he did. I'm a yeah. hard worker and stuff yeah. because I've seen my dad. Well, he told me he'd been working work. since 7 a.m. this morning. <laughs> and now it's it's 9 at night. I and mean, you're still, this is work. Yeah, I'm this, gonna, is, this, this is, counts this is, as work because you got to think, you got to talk. This is uh, advertising for <laughs> online, and I'm hanging out with Sam. So, this is what it's about. But, um, yeah, you, I mean, you've been working since 7 a.m. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that work ethic played a, a factor. Yeah, and I do love that. Like, I love that my dad was 
is capable of doing that. And again, but I think sometimes you need to come home and work with relationships, That's, yeah. not just physical labor. Yeah. Which and now it's his isn't physical labor, and it hasn't been for a long time. No, like yeah, watching over everybody else, which is he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> well, that experience that you had, I mean, does that make you want to be a dad? Or does it make you not? Are you more hesitant? Like I don't know. If it I makes want me to... want to be a lot better of a dad. Uh-huh. It makes me. I want to. I want to be able to control my emotions almost fully before I have my child. Mm-hmm. For um, I want my child to learn the same method without losing their anger. So as mm-hmm. I get older, I have to watch my anger more because I would just allow it to control me when a situation was taken, like out of my hands. So I want to teach my child that it's okay to have those problems and keep your cool when mm-hmm. you don't want to. Because, like, as a man, I was taught that you don't cry. That's yeah. what boys are taught. That's it's a societal and, thing too. Yeah, yeah, and that's and, it's a and social I, construct. I feel like that was a problem. Mm-hmm. Like I turned what I should have been crying at into anger. So instead of allowing myself to learn the emotion of crying. I blocked it out because I was basically told that it wasn't a good thing and then would turn into anger which would lead to fights or yelling spaz at out. my dad or screaming at my mom. There's a lot of regrets of screaming yeah. at my mom. Yeah. yeah. And um, that was another thing like I, like I said, obviously I was like 17, 18, 17 to maybe 21 at this time and I was heavily into drinking and doing less drugs more my 20s I was more into drinking but obviously drugs in that was cocaine and everything yeah. involved so you did all that jazz huh everything mm-hmm. and uh, I would get drunk and black out and I would treat my mom the way I saw my dad when he was angry when I was younger again my dad treats my mom great I don't want to, and my dad's not just screaming at my mom this was when I was younger they'd have crazy fights every now and then mm-hmm. but they would be absurd yeah right right they would right. be absurd Ridiculous. it's abuse yeah, it's, it's abuse like, yeah. it's abuse a thousand percent abuse verbal abuse. abuse absolutely yeah. um, it took me a long time to actually accept that that's what that was it was mm-hmm. and um, so I'd get blacked out drunk and mimic that so my mom was below me and so when she would try to tell me something, it'd almost be like a shut your mouth. And it, again, so that's, where, that's where the, yeah. the mimicking came involved, uh-huh. not the choice. So how you were talking about, like, you do have a choice to change. You're absolutely right. That's why I no longer react that way. I see what you're saying. But you had to learn the hard way for many years, mainly well, all of your 20s. And I don't have very many regrets being very mean to my mom is one of them. Probably number one. That's, that's, that's number that's, that's, one. That should be on it. I mean, that's it. That's, that's number one. That's and it. I was... Not kind of mean, I mean ruthlessly mean. With words. Words, yeah. yeah. Never physically. That's good, yeah. Uh, I was never, mean. my uh, my dad was never physical with my mom. Again, it was always verbal, so I, I didn't have that bad trait. Obviously, I'd get angry and break other things, for sure. <laughs> I'd break a lot of other Yeah, that's things. the thing with abuse. It's like an interesting, interesting thing, because I feel like some people are like, I didn't physically abuse that person. But I feel like verbal abuse, like it resonates with people. I think it's, it, it really right because re- if you something, say something very hurtful and mean, especially when it's degrading a flaw or or a problem that someone has, they're not going to forget that because that's like it's a flaw that's a part of them and it's been made fun of. It's been attacked, so now their ego and their emotions are hurt too. And they last longer. Yeah, I, I would say so too. Got punched, I might forget about my black eye in a couple weeks. Both are horrible. It, it's no question. But Wait. I would say that verbal abuse is. I would say. I'm not saying one's worse than the other. What I'm saying oh. is verbal abuse is it's different. It, it, it it's probably equally as bad, 
Let, let, let me, let me rephrase that. I yeah. don't want to act like... Yeah. I, me, personally, I'd rather get punched in the yeah. face. Yeah. No, I got you. Not some little tiny girl from some big, huge guy. <laughs> like, I, like, I don't think that's the same as calling someone a loser, yeah. of course. Yeah, But I feel like telling a little child that they're a piece of crap and they're lazy, Yeah, they're going to grow up and think And you're 30, you lazy. Still, you're 30 and you still remember that. That's interesting. Strongly. Yeah. I strongly so remember that. So, my point being is I feel like that resonates a little bit more with you. And, and it wasn't just saying you're lazy. It wasn't... Yeah, it was, it was some a lot other of mean, sauce in the yeah, there. Yeah, there's a lot of mean, meaner layout of that. Yeah. I mean, he would I'd be called lazy. He wouldn't call me cuss words or anything yeah. like that. But it would be stuff that I dug into that's like, why Why even try? I'm already lazy. Or why even try? I'm already dumb. You yeah. know what I mean? So, Interesting. Um, huh. So then, what is it? Your 20s? Because I, I think I met you when you were like 26. And you were like, I think you were living in a, in a trailer. <laughs> and someone and, and someone secretly in and out of Logan's gym sleeping. Oh, uh, dude, that was that was a gym. That was a gym. And but anyway, yeah, I remember you then. And you were just—I was like, who is this random guy coming in this gym with this with this man bun? I was like, who is this guy? And then it's cool because I like I've seen you transition and I've seen you uh, progress because now what you're 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 still training and what you're mixing in some MMA. Some yeah, stuff, I'm right? fine. fine Why'd you mix in the MMA? You want to learn self defense, or I'm gonna fight. You want to start fight amateur? Yeah, um, I gotta learn first. We're at the beginning stages. The person I assigned with, um, I, it was basically somewhat of a contract to fight two times in the next year. So I'm, I was gonna get into that. Do they pay you? No, it's nothing like I can get sponsors, and that's not the the objective. Is just that's on my bucket list. Yeah, and I want to learn it, and then I also. Again, with learning how to control emotions, that's a sport where you have to or you get hurt. Do you still struggle to control your emotions? Um, I'm it's a lot I do. better. I do I'm still, a lot yeah. better. Yeah, I can get easily frustrated. Yeah. I can see, like right now, I'm on a massive weight cut. Mm. So my calories are like 1,500 calories. It's and nothing, I'm normally dude. at like 3,000 3, to 4,000. you got to cut for the fight. Not fight. I have a strongman competition this Saturday, Saturday. in Simi Valley. Yeah. So you had the strongman competition. And then you're training for MMA. So you're really putting your body through it. Uh, they kind of go together. Yeah. MMA is more flexibility and mobility and strongman's mm -hmm. more lift heavy weights. Um, as a competition gets a little closer, I took a, uh, what, like a week off of lifting mm -hmm. to let everything calm down. I'm not going to get any stronger from now until then. Yeah. Lift a little bit, but nothing crazy. More mobility. And... Um, yeah, a lot of MMA this last week too right. much just to cut weight. So the point of that is just you wanna you just wanna try that like a new type of sport, a new type of activity with, with MMA. Yeah. Are you trying to go are you trying to like No, I don't, okay, I was gonna ask. I don't think there's enough time. <laughs> I think I started too late. I mean you're only you mean you're thirty. That's most people's prime that is at thirty one. Yeah. And that's Does McGregor's prime. Now yeah. look at him. Yeah, he's got to come back. <laughs> beat up all the time. He's, he's losing fights early. I really, I mean, I really hope he makes a comeback. I'm going to be completely honest. Me too. I really hope he makes a comeback. Um, future's unknown. I've always been a fan. He's a pain in the butt sometimes, though. Like, he tries to be more showy than he is a fighter. But that, that, that cut up to him. That cut exactly. up to him. Exactly. Because he, 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 he go back, he was, yeah. a, he was a fighter compared to he barely started to do the shit talk. And now it's all yeah. shit talk. And his fighting is not as good as the shit talk. Well, I'm I'm thinking about it now. Like, I remember when he was younger. Like, I'm, I'm thinking like 2015, 2014, like 2017. I mean, he he was still a, a big mouth and an idiot. 
but he could back it up. He would he would destroy yeah, guys and yeah. he would destroy guys either in the first round or he would make it a fight and still destroy them. He could go the distance. But now it's like he's kind of a clown because you're like he can't back it up and he's yeah, almost exactly. becoming irrelevant, dude. I do love hearing him shit talk. Actually, just yeah. re-listen to the press conference with him and Floyd Mayweather. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the ones with Nate Diaz uh, when same. they would just I clash at him. Yeah, they start throwing water bottles at him. <laughs> and Rogan freaks out. <laughs> I don't remember that. No, but yeah, so I mean, with this MMA thing, you, you're trying to, uh, it's just something new you want to try? Because I want to start getting into MMA too. That's why I asked. I, I would, dude. I've been, it's like, a, I'm like a little kid on Christmas with it. It's really? so much fun. Yeah. I see your stories. You're a lot of fun. And I'm I'm two weeks in. What's it? Okay, I was going to ask what's the training like. Yeah, two weeks in. Um, Right now, it's, um, I'm only learning Muay Thai right now. Okay. And it's a lot of just repetitive. So, Basically, it's every single day right now until I get this locked in. It's three rounds of three minutes of jump rope. So it's a lot of cardio is in it with it. Yeah, but that's the easy part. That's just a warm up, and yeah. then it's th- it's three hundred kicks that I have to do against the back. So it's a left so, left jab, right kick a hundred times, um, cross left kick a hundred times, jab, right kick. Um, Cross yeah. left kick a hundred times, but it, that's meant. I mean, I don't really know anything about that, but that's more meant like if, like, when you get in a fight or if you're fighting someone, it's like it's like muscle memory. It's like your arsenal. You can resort to it because you've been you've trained it so much and it's been repeated so much. And you know, your kicking gets better the more you do it. I've yeah. learned that. The, like the more you just keep uh-huh. kicking, you feel how your knee goes better and how your toes land smoother and well, cause, yeah, cause you, you just like, feel everything land better. Mm-hmm the more you do it and mm-hmm. you start, your body starts to pick that up. Like it hurts a little bit. If you turn your ankle that way, don't do it. Yeah. Like you start to be like, okay, it feels better this way. And then you do that. And then it feels like you hit the back harder a certain way. Mm-hmm. And it just, the more and more you do that, you slowly start to feel that. And the number one thing about it is it hurts the crap out of your shins. So the more you kick the bag, the less you feel it because mm-hmm. everything starts to go numb. Now, if let's say that <laughs> this is anyway, um, could you feel like if someone wanted to fight you that you you would be comfortable fighting? Like you know how to fight is what I'm asking. Right now against somebody else that's been training now. Someone that's not. Let's say it's just some like knucklehead who who's giving you a problem like you know just out and about in public and they want to fight. Or they're just a regular. Guy. Just a regular guy. Yeah. yeah you think, okay. Guy. That's what I. I mean, I, <laughs> I want to get to that to that stage where like I know like I can fight. Like I'm not like afraid to like fight a random dude. You know what I'm saying? Like if yeah, I yeah. need to, only if I need to. Well, let me, let me re- I would be nervous. Yeah. Like, slightly, but I would also know in the back of my head that this guy's about to get hurt. But I feel like this thing, like some people will pick fights, but you don't necessarily know like if that person knows Muay Thai or if exactly. that person's a boxer. I just, that's why I would never very like, stupid. That's why when people fights. pick fights with random people, like let's say they don't look the most athletic or they're not the most tall. Like some of these guys got black belts. Some of these guys know techniques yes. that can kill you. And the, the cool part about that is most of those people that know that yeah don't go to the streets and do anything and they're the, they're the more reserved ones yes yeah, like yeah. i would never the only reason i would ever get in a fight in public is if somebody touched me physically touched me, yeah whether yeah. that's a push or whatever or like my family or my yeah. girl like mm-hmm. if somebody pushed or especially a guy my girl or my mom anything yeah. like that obviously i'd get physical other than that and with that being said, it wouldn't be physical where I'd probably be knocking people out. I'd yeah. probably just try to wrap them up and hold them on the ground. Yeah, it wouldn't be like I'm going to beat the crap Unless out of this I had guy. No Unless choice. you had to. That's interesting. Um, but yeah, I would never go out of my way or 
like even an argument's not gonna get me worked up enough. Mm-hmm. Like someone's gonna have to touch me before I move forward. Yeah. Or threaten enough. What like, you're saying is you're in not, my yeah. face, pu- getting ready to push me, then I'm threatened, then it's game on. Yeah, you're not gonna be the aggressor. You're not Never. gonna be looking I'll forward. Walk away. I'll that's walk yeah, that and that and that's I've noticed that, like with with diff- watching different things and just seeing different people's like because my roommate, he would fight. He was uh, I think he did karate, he since he was like nine and he was like 18, so it's like nine years. It's almost, that's like half your life, you know, to fight. And you know different techniques. And I remember people would like get confrontational and aggressive and he would always be super reserved and laid back. And I noticed him like, because he, he knows how to fight. He knows that he can back it up if he needs to. I feel like when people really talk a lot of mess and they're trying to get in your face and cause a, a ruckus and just commotion, I feel like those people, they're, they're acting that way to compensate for the skills they don't have in fighting. I agree. Do you understand? You know, you see what I'm saying? Or they think they're really good and, and just want, yeah. want to. Yeah, it could be a pride thing. It could but be a pride thing. It's definitely an ego. Your ego's in the way somewhere. Yeah. It's like, like so why do you need to act tough? Why yeah. do you need to look like you're stronger or better yeah. than somebody else? Because you feel belittled somewhere. Yeah. So it's better to take people <laughs> down with you than yeah. to lift them up when they're already higher than you. And that's an interesting. I feel, do you think some guys, well, it's probably, this is a for sure, some guys probably get into fighting because they've been bullied their whole lives and then you think they want to become the bully or do you think, how does that? I don't think they want to become the bully. I think they're just tired. They're tired of it. Yeah. That's fair. Because I think GSP, George St. Pierre was bullied a little bit. He was bullied when he was younger. I mean, I mean, look at that. I mean, he had an amazing UFC slash MMA career. So I feel like some of these guys, all it takes is just a little bit of teasing and bullying and you're going to turn some guys into monsters. Yeah, I you know think it I mean? turns them into monsters and then they realize how much damage they could cause and how much it cost to them. So then they don't bully. Mm-hmm. They just cool, calm, collected, learn from... Unfortunately, you always want to go back to your bully and... Yeah. Because I, th- I think it's an ego thing. Because I feel, I feel like when some people are getting attacked, like with words... Because I had... Uh, this person going to remain nameless, but I knew someone where you would say like a, a joke at them or you would laugh at them. They, it was an ego thing and a pride thing and they get offended and just start attacking you, which is a barrage like of insults. Like real personal stuff. Yeah, like yeah. real personal stuff. And they would just throw a bunch of, like, it would just be a barrage of like mean <laughs> insults and words. And it was just like one little joke that you would like say to them. And I, was, and I would be like, that. that's insecurity is what it is. But w- you, you got to dig deeper though too, because obviously you can look at and be like, that person's insecure and they're getting mad. Where's that insecurity coming from? Especially yeah. a lot of people your age. No, I know. I mean, it was I, coded by parents. Yeah, was. well, his insecurity was from, he had uh, a, 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 an incident happen to his leg and he couldn't do normal activities that a lot of us could do. So like he couldn't like run when we would play flag football, like intramural flag football, or it would be harder for him to play spike ball because he had... Um, I, I think he busted his, his knee out a couple gotcha. times. Do you understand? So yeah. it was just like, and he knew he was strong. And he knew he was like athletic and everything, but I think that hindered him from doing that. So therefore it was like, ah, this kind of, this sucks. And I don't, bl- I mean, I, I, I don't blame him. I, I, I can see how that would get to you and get you mad and offended, but it's an interesting thing because there's a reason why people are insecure and there's a reason why they back it up with being aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. And it's weird to attack. I think... Like, when you do that, you should attack them while you're insecure there. Yeah. Because wherever you're insecure, you can fix it, whether by making a change or realize how goofy the insecurity is. And that's the thing. Like, I feel like I remember saying to myself, because I used to, <laughs> when I was like 12 and 13, I used to be a little chubbier. Because I, I, you know, you're still developing. I was like, I, I was just a little, I wasn't super, like, slim or fit or anything. I bet I can't wait till I'm older and I'm, and I'm, and I'm taller and a little stronger and I don't have you know, these love handles and these chubby cheeks 
and I got to that age where I didn't struggle with that anymore, but I still had other insecurities. And it, what I'm trying to say is like, you can't like put things down the road and be like, I can't wait till this such and such thing happens. You kind of just, I think it's best to just deal with it exactly. and understand it and be appreciative of who you are and what you have. And thinking outside of the box helps you change in what insecurities. way? Yeah, explain. Me and Brittany, when we first started. And Brittany's your girlfriend. My right? Brittany's okay. my girlfriend. Got so you. when me and Brittany first started, we opened as, we started our relationship as an open relationship. Yeah. So we were allowed, there was free range to do anything. Yeah. Now, the reason we did that was obviously at the beginning, we don't know like what we're going to be. So you're kind of just winging it. Yeah. And, um. Neither one of us took advantage of it. Well, I can say for a fact, I didn't. I don't know about her. <laughs> She's told me she didn't. I believe her. That's up to other people to believe her or not. I 1,000% believe her. Well, I feel but, like she wouldn't lie to you about that if you guys yeah, already no, upfront about it. Was about wide it. Open. Yeah. She was allowed to do that. Um, but what that did was I had insecurities of past relationships of being cheated on and having problems. Mm-hmm. When I thought outside the box and said, my next one, I'm going to go into an open relationship. She can do whatever she wants. It didn't allow, she didn't go do whatever she wanted. It allowed me to not think about what she was doing behind my back because it was, she didn't have a set of rules. Mm -hmm. Now that being said, in a couple months we closed that, but it helped me get rid of my insecurity of thinking I'm going to be cheated on all the time. Obviously I still have that insecurity a little bit, especially when your past is traumatized by that happening. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have that trauma. Like, I'm not out of the realm of that one. Happens but, a lot, man, yeah. But allowing that to be where I had a piece of freedom. Like, I didn't worry about what she was doing at home because it was none of my business, right? So that was the way you battled your insecurity. Yeah, exactly. So what you're saying is that whether, like, someone has an insecurity with a certain, like, let's say they have an insecurity with their weight or, like, their height or their face, like, they can combat that by thinking outside of the box with certain things in whatever way that may be. Yeah, whatever way. That's an, see, that's an approach I've never, I've never heard. That's an interesting approach. We grew up outside cr- the box with that. Yeah, Brittany didn't, but I grew up hardcore Christian. Like, yeah. My family, I'm not anymore, but my family was, so your morals were definitely mm-hmm. one-on-one. Like, yeah. there was not a... Uh, what, poly- what is it? Polygamy? Polyg- polygamy? That, thank yeah, you. polygamy, yeah. You can have multiple spouses. Yeah, yeah. and so... Like it just allowed, again, allowed me to not overthink what wasn't happening in the first place. Right? Yeah. Like, why am I at home thinking about my girlfriend with another guy when that's not even a real reality? Mm-hmm. Why not just allow her to be with another guy and allow her faith towards me <clears throat> be tested in a way? That's that's it. That's interesting. It, it worked well, obviously, for us. Some, some people. Like, there was problems. Like, we would run into... I, I don't know. We are pretty faithful in a way. Like, we like we would just see... Oh, we were insecure. So, somebody would like a, an Instagram photo. So, we'd get upset but not tell each other. Yeah. And so, after a while, we started to communicate it. And then it also showed me that communication fixes all problems. Anyways. Mm, that's so, a big thing. That's it. See, the, those are the things that aren't stressed about. We were talking about school in the beginning of this episode. And I'm not saying that they should advocate to teach for like open relationships and stuff like that. But what I'm what I'm saying is they they should talk about more real life things of this, like communication, insecurities, um, relationships. I think there should be a deeper dive into a lot of things yeah. when it goes into stuff like that. Because these are real life lessons. Because like, and I don't want to uh, just keep you know crapping all over math and science. But it's like, dude, I remember taking chemistry and biology and algebra. 
dude, I don't remember much of that. You know what I remember is the, the life lessons that I learned with, with my relationships. Yeah. With someone was, was, they were a good friend and they had my back or someone was not so much of a great friend or was like different conflicts that I had. But either way, they all revolved, revolved around relationships and people. That's why I think it's a good thing for people, especially, and I'm not saying like you have to move out to college in order to experience this, but I think it's good for people to move out of the house at a fairly, you know, younger age between, I don't know, 17 or 18 to like 21 or 22 to move out of the house at a younger age. Cause you get, you, you, you're forced to deal with the real world. You're forced to deal with people <laughs> and you're forced to deal with society. Those things, I mean, you're going to, those things are going to challenge you your whole and, life. And society you know, tricks you. Uh, like like the dare program told me <laughs> right like i think the dare program's goofy because basically they just say don't do drugs and it's like well, <laughs> and then kids are like why not yeah, well, well, what's a drug? <laughs> like what's a, yeah what, no what's i got drug? you my dad not i'm not my dad i'm just yeah. using that like kids are thinking like what's a drug my dad's at home blacked out drunk with alcohol but that's yeah. cool but if you smoke marijuana you're gonna be on heroin the next week so let like that, so you think it's taken out of context? Is what they you're need to start telling the truth about drugs. Like, yeah. alcohol is worse than marijuana by far. You think by so? far. Yeah. Go look at any statistic anywhere. People are dying from alcohol more than people are dying from heroin. You definitely can make the argument and say that if someone wanted to drink all night, they could keep going to the liquor store, or they could have a friend go to the liquor store for them, or they could just buy a bunch of alcohol in one trip at the liquor store. And they, that alcohol that they consume in, in one night or in one trip could kill them in one day. Well, you, you can't you, smoke enough weed to die. I th- isn't it impossible to, to OD on, on marijuana? Oh, yeah. You yeah. Got, I mean, unless you're... I mean, you, you wouldn't green out. You could, you could, <laughs> yeah, you could run out of oxygen in a room mm-hmm. and pass out. But it's other than that, yeah. yeah, exactly. But uh, the statistics on that, well, it, they even go into other things. So, like, psilocybin mushrooms are less dangerous than weed. Mm. So, and... Like psilocybin can help rewire brain for PTSD patients mm-hmm. or depressed people. It helps ridiculously. Mm-hmm. And they don't teach us that. They give me methamphetamine and tell me right not on. to do drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So we, li- we really live in a contradicting society is what you're saying. Yeah. Because they, they, I mean, they, they, you're right. Like the whole drugs thing is stress, especially when you're a young age. And then you're like, what is a drug? What, what exactly? Really, I mean, the, what, you, what you're drinking, like your kids drink soda teenagers drink energy drinks caffeine's a drug so i think the idea of drugs it gets uh uh put out of context where, like, drugs are only it's it's this green stuff that grows from the earth and it's something called marijuana or it's the stuff that can be uh synthesized and produced from the uh uh oh, what's the opioid plant or whatever it's called I, I don't I don't know it's, or the oh, excuse so, me the poppy plant yeah, yeah. where you can get I'm sorry I got confused sorry uh, the poppy plant where you can I think make heroin from that where you get this this whole drugs are only these things it's only reserved these like these specific things and really drugs are really all around us yeah. if you really think about it you, I mean, you your caffeine, brain is a drug your brain's a drug everything that you put into your brain that alters your brain isn't altering your brain it's releasing your chemicals that your brain already possessed mm. so you're not you are a drug. Everything is already in your system. You're releasing mm-hmm. certain chemicals that are already in your brain. So it's you're an not interesting adding thing. new chemicals. But I think it's also a way for the government to uh, um, kind of have control over people in society when they say things like that. Because yeah. you're honestly, I feel like you can, it's not, yeah. I'm not going to say manipulation, but I think it's a way of almost tricking it's a, people. It's a part of a setup. It's a, it's a way of, of, of mis- um, Misinter- if you're misinterpreting something is what you're doing. There's definitely... So you cause confusion. There's a part of a setup, too. So, like, 
you, you get back surgery, right? You get back surgery, you're provided an opiate for a month. Mm-hmm. You have a one in three chance to be addicted to that opiate in 12 days. Are those are stats? 12 days. I wish I had a Jamie like Joe Rogan so you could just pull up the stats. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm positive on this one. Yeah, no, I got you. Within I got 12 you. days, you have a one in three chance to be addicted to an opiate. So your doctor gave you 30 days of an opiate. So you have a one in three chance. So you're the one person, right? Yeah. Out of the three, you become addicted. Your doctor will no longer give you the opiate. So what's the next choice? It's heroin. Mm. Right, and then we do heroin, or we have the same problem when we go to Ritalin. Then you have the richer family, the richer people that'll do cocaine, right? Um, and then you have the poor people that do crack. So it's it, what you're saying is like drugs introduced at a younger age, or especially in a time when people are facing some sort of trauma, whether it's mental or physical, it, it can lead to an addictive behavior. Yeah, I mean, well, that's why I said physical trauma because like someone who's getting a back surgery that they have had physical trauma inflicted to them yes. so how are they going to combat that with drugs so now it kind of really stops the pain yeah so it creates that dependence because like oh i liked when i didn't have well, an opiate in long-term pain. use mm-hmm. it stops stopping the pain do you know that so i did yeah so say you take those opiates for a month and but you, you somehow get three months supply and you're not supposed to <laughs> the, those yeah. opiates aren't even stopping the pain anymore you're just taking them because it makes you feel good that's an interesting thing it actually starts to make the pain worse your pain receptors in that area because it's not it's, it's not your 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 brain's not meant to have all that exactly. that fake so uh, then you start to think that your pain's yeah. everywhere and then you need it and um, it's artificial but it's yeah. not a natural then, thing like, like i said it even gets slowly worse as we'll go into like poor communities you have crack cocaine. Mm-hmm. Richer communities have cocaine. That is true, yeah. And then you get in trouble, right? Unless you're so, Hunter Biden, so you get, smokes both. <laughs> yeah, you get caught with the poor area. You get caught with crack cocaine. You go to jail for like 15, 20 years. You get caught with cocaine. You get probation. Mm. So who's who's really in the jail for the drugs? Mm. The poor guy that was just trying to cope with his trauma or the rich guy that's probably has might have the same trauma. Yeah. But... But I think the argument that you can make about both those scenarios, whether it's crack or coke or heroin or opioids, is that I don't think drugs should be, um, drugs should be like referred to and used to, to block someone's trauma and pain. I agree with you. You understand what I'm saying? So like if someone's like dealing with, with a lot of stress in their life and they're they broke up, they they just got out of a relationship, they're having a problem with school. Um, they're having a problem with their relationships around them, and they smoke pot at night on a constant basis to kind of feel better and deal with that trauma. I don't think you're necessarily setting yourself up. Uh, you're not setting yourself up with the right mentality yeah. and the right behaviors because now you're like, all right, since this marijuana doesn't cut it, maybe I need something a little stronger. And, and then I, maybe you start drinking, and maybe drinking turns into pills, and then before you know it, you're down a rabbit hole. And I think with that, it's especially people your age, mm-hmm. they nobody does this. Take a year off of everything. Mm-hmm. I did it for three years. Um, I don't do it now. I, <laughs> I drink. I smoke. Yeah. Um, that was the biggest amount of growth I've ever had. And I think Why didn't you continue it if it was the biggest amount of growth? Because I was no longer growing from it. Yeah. Like it was, I used it for a religious purpose for three years. And then towards the end of that. Christianity was a, or what Christianity. Okay. Was a, yeah. Older you? Too, too deep into it. It was... I was like basically telling people they sucked and they were sinners at one point. I was. Oh, uh, you became. Well, I was a, like twenty. A judgmental one. You were pointing at three to yeah. twenty six. Yeah, I was twenty three to twenty six. Yeah. Okay. And I quit everything at that time. I saved. I didn't have alcohol or anything. 
And then my buddy was graduating to become a Navy SEAL, so I kind of had a drink with him for yeah. the first time. But I wasn't growing from it anymore because I wasn't, I was starting to see things differently a little bit again. And um, I realized how deep in the wrong possession I was of that. I'm not against Christianity. I obviously have a different mindset on that now. Yeah. But um, I still have, yeah, I don't believe in like, I believe Jesus walked this earth, but I don't think he's my savior. Mm-hmm. I believe in the storyline was changed by the government. Um, I just believe, I believe in the stone ape theory over yeah. over Christianity. Yeah. But I also believe that there's... Why, though? A beautiful, you, felt, you felt like you could relate to that I, more? I believe telling a little child that they're a sinner and felling their almighty God is a problem. Mm. And I don't want to do that because I don't think that that's a real thing. I also don't think God's limited by a gender. So I don't think that... It's a man. I think God's almost an entity that's everything all of one. Mm-hmm. And I believe I'm a part of that because I am one, so I am everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely different beliefs to everything. I mean, is that because you said you were into Christianity when you were 20, like deep into it when, when you were mid 20s? So this isn't that long ago. This is like four or five years ago. Why all of a sudden it changed? Because you just felt like you. You weren't getting the best out of it, or, or why? I was listening to the church and not listening to what God told me to do. That's an interesting thing. Um, so you think sometimes once church, I once I stopped church, listening yeah. to what people told me what God was, and I started just accepting what was supposed to be accepted, I got closer. Mm-hmm. And whether that's just my journey, and that was what God wanted for me to get away from where I was. Mm-hmm. Um, even one of the. The pastor that I worked, that I was at that church with, yeah. is now living in. I love him to death. He's still a friend of mine. Yeah, and I wish him the best. He's living a very poor life. Mm. I think he's on massive amounts of drugs, mm. and uh, yeah, I, I I don't want to go too deep. Yeah, that. No, I yeah, love I him you. to death. I love him. He helped me save my life from. Oh, I know you're talking. Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's hard to. The person that almost guided me the most in that is lost the most now. So yeah, I think it all honestly it relates a lot of it, it, to to choices too. Yeah, I yeah, even of though course. there's some people who are in the church, there's pastors in the church, and they preach this and they do that. I mean, they could still be really, really wrapped up in a certain type of sin, and then they get wrapped up into it, and then they're they're telling people don't do this, but don't do that. But they're really, I mean, they're really struggling with a certain whatever sin that exactly. may be or different behaviors that are not necessarily healthy for them and substan- substantial for them. And then people find out about it. And then the church is like, oh, such and such has to, is, is on the leave yeah, of yeah. absence. And people start, the questions start to arise. And you're like, huh, what, what, what's really going on in this church? And then I think what it really does is it, it creates, it kind of creates uh, ideological, no, not even. It creates uh, moral tension. And it also creates, um, I guess you, you could even say uh, ideological tension. Because like, maybe the church can handle it, right? Yeah. I mean, and then and people can can point then start pointing the finger at, at other people in the church, and then from there now you have a conflict, and then you have and then you have dissension is what you initially have. Yeah, and someone else, know. someone moves on, and there there's hate. There 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 is there is um, the bridge has been broken. Yeah, and the church. What I don't know at all what happened. I know he got whatever it was. He got massively hurt by the church. Mm-hmm. Whether that was. His fault, I don't know. I've seen that happen in churches. So people who get really, and that's not everyone. I've seen pastors who, they've been really involved with the church. And from the outside, you're like, they're doing well. They, they seem like they're doing well. They've got a good family. They're focused. They 
what they're preaching to me on Sunday, what the small groups are leading to me on, on Wednesday night or Thursday night or whatever, they, they're, they, they're giving me some good words. Like I feel good when I listen to them. So you get this perspective like, oh, uh, they must be doing fine. Their, their life is good. Yeah. But really, I, I honestly think uh, we all struggle with something. I mean, we have to, we, people within the church, and this goes for anyone, you have to have the mentality that everyone's going to struggle with something different. And no matter if it's a pastor or it's a politician or it's someone with a successful podcast or someone who's a guru, they're not perfect and they're they're flawed is what it is. So I don't think necessarily you should always completely idolize and look up to people. Yeah, not at all. And bank all your... And I think that was like another part of my problem is uh, like I... I felt like I was listening to what people told me my sins were. Yeah. Like, I'm not allowed to have a beer, right? <laughs> or, like, especially as I got towards the end and I started smoking weed again. Mm-hmm. Like, I had all these Christians that would, like, talk shit of marijuana and then they'd go get blacked out drunk on Friday night mm-hmm. and cheat on their spouse or something stupid. So, well, yeah. I'm like, so then, in my head, I'm like, is this really God telling me to avoid this? I think what it is, it's a misrepresentation of that, what I was trying to get at. Is, Sorry, didn't go. Yeah, is what people... It is like you get this idea, you have the church, and the church is based off of preachings from the Bible, and you're told what the Bible, it's it, the, what is in the Bible is being preached to by the church, and then people, they, they, they get wrapped up into into this a certain religion, or, or whatever the church is telling them, and they start really, they start becoming preachers And that's where too. I got more confused. Yeah, and, so, then, yeah, and since they become so radical with their preaching, when they met, they, they sometimes are, they're, they're not practicing what they preach. And then you're like, huh, why are they telling me I can't do this, but they're no, messing they're up? Me, yeah. It's like, you're not perfect. That's why I never understood what people, when they pointed the finger at me, like, what you did's wrong, you shouldn't do this. And they become all judgmental. That had never really resonated right with me. Yeah. And that's, again, like, people, like, it just didn't seem right. Like, yeah. people trying to tell me, or not even people telling me, me telling myself, and that's like, I don't... I, the government's been too involved with the Bible. The original Bible's not written in English. It's Latin, right? So who or translated that? And then who translated the translation? Yeah. <laughs> and then who it's translated the translation thing. and who's in charge of the translations mm-hmm. now? And why? I think there's a lot of, like, um, obedience taught in the Bible. Like, and uh, for you to obey a man in a weird way. Um, again, like I, like I said, I think... I think telling me that God's a man, when I think He's out of the realm of having, I'm already getting in. We got. I gotta get going. Oh yeah, you're good. We can wrap up soon. Um, like, where was I going with that? What did I say? You're just talking about like following. <laughs> when it comes to like following different things in the Bible. Like yeah, I just couldn't accept like a. Like people, I've lost my train of no, thought. No, just because good. Uh, with with that, I mean. How do you feel now with being thirty? You're in a new decade, a new a new spot in life. How how do you view different things now with relationships, uh, uh, just adhering to different things, and just being and being disciplined and committed to different things? Like, how do you view all those things now? I view them and and try to assess them in the most intelligent way. I feel because you're human, necessary. you're flawed. Yeah, you're gonna mess yeah, up. I don't. I, there's no such thing as messing up. Yeah, like there, it's either. I win or I learn. Yeah. So I mean, that's a different. That's yeah. That's so I don't. I don't ever feel like I'm failing my Almighty. Yeah. I feel like my Almighty's guiding me to learn. Mm-hmm. So I. That was another like like I said when I want to teach my kids I don't want them to have even if I. 
I, I won't go the Christian route with them, but I do want them to know I feel there's a higher power. I feel there's something way more intelligent yeah. that we're not even <laughs> capable of understanding the realm of which they live on. Because we're dumb humans. Exactly. <laughs> and so I don't I don't ever want them to feel like they're failing anybody. Yeah. I want them to feel like they're learning. Yeah. And sometimes learning comes with pain. No, it does. And um yeah, I learned I I Again, as growing up in that Christian standpoint, and not good guidance in there, I felt I would fail mm-hmm. when I ran into those things. So what's your message about failing and growing? Just so we can there wrap up. There is no such thing as failing. You don't think so? No. You either win or you learn. Like mm-hmm. that, You can obviously play the victim What about when mindset. you set goals and you don't succeed at them? Reset them. Mm-hmm. You just, if you fail, you didn't try hard enough. Yeah. Or you learned... To and try harder. Learn to, that you got to kick it up a notch. Or, maybe or exactly. And where where did I fail at? Like if there was something like a competition or something mm-hmm. like that and I didn't win, where was I lacking on putting in the effort? That, that yeah. I think within society, there's, society, there's really going to be that view. Like he's a winner, he's a loser with like he won this, he lost that. But I think if you can look at it through that philosophy where you win or you learn, I think that can help people to just view things differently and maybe approach it through a different work ethic. And I don't know, just just feel more confident in themselves and not put so much pressure on themselves. That's an interesting way of looking at it. Yeah, because like if you're constantly thinking like I fail, like why would you even try? You're just gonna fail. Yeah, it's about learning. But when you're yeah. like, I can learn and grow from this. Like, of course you're gonna learn and grow from it. Yeah, that. like because you're accepting that you. Like as we talk about, we're humans. Like you fail all the time, but if you take that as a oh I'm just a failure, you're gonna set in the and wallop in the failure yeah. you can just sit there and be like well I accept here reestablish where did I mess up fix that uh-huh. and check it again so basically it's about learning and adapting only yeah. I see interesting alright Jason where can the people find you uh, my Instagram is Jason Kuntz that's with a C um, Kuntz like the writer but with a C yeah and um, that's basically the main thing I'm at I have Facebook and stuff but I'm, yeah. not, I'm on you're Instagram you're not 50 <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then exactly. if you're looking for a trainer, you got Jason. Right, so we're, we're in Elite Fitness Center. Yep, we got classes going on now, personal training. We got kids camp, uh, professional basketball here, oh. volleyball. The whole shebang. Yeah, we basically run the show on... And you said Bakersfield Elite? Uh, is, uh, Elite Fitness Elite Center. Fitness yeah, is where you can find them. And maybe you can see him fighting. You'll see him fighting amateurly, but... Well, if you're in a while, we'll I got a lot we'll of learning see. to do. <laughs> but and anyway, got a couple head kicks to take. <laughs> uh, yeah, a couple head kicks, a couple, well, a lot of other things. But I wish you the best on that journey. Uh, yeah, but anyway, good episode. Uh, and this was Jason's second time, so yeah. we had a longer the se- talk. Second episode was the first one. There we go. We we're both a lot. Yeah, we we're both <laughs> a lot, and we we're like, what? Yeah. We we're both figuring things out, but. I can say that was fun. That was good. Uh, Stay tuned. Enjoy, folks. And, uh, yeah, keep learning, keep growing, and I'll see you around.